please stand and join in singing You've Got a Place at the Welcome Table. Number four in the Sing the Journey books, the green books, or you can just look up. You've got a place at the welcome table. the first chapel of the year to celebrate Encuentro, Encounter, our campus ministry theme for the year, and we'll be exploring it in lots of ways throughout the year. As we have made this um, shift for those of you who are returning students to having chapel and convo on the same days, we're going to be doing a couple things that you might recognize from the past to remind us of when we're in chapel and when we're in convo. One of those things is that we will have the chapel banner, which if you guys can, uh, revealed uh, right here, Encuentro Encounter. This, this banner was designed and made by Kate Yoder and Tasha Friesen um, in, the last, in the last week um, as they gave thought to what might encounter look like visually. And I, I invite you at some point to come up and look really closely at it. It really is um, a visually stimulating piece of art that calls us into this place of exploring encounter. So thank you, Tasha and Kate. Where everyone see Kate? I know you're here. Kate. <laughs> Thank you. 
The other, another thing that we will do at the beginning of each chapel is light the Christ lamp as a reminder of Christ's presence with us whenever we gather. So, Dre is going to light, light the lamp this morning as we pause. The light shines in the darkness. Sometimes we don't notice it. And a third thing that, um, that well, I'm going to wait. The worship assistants are the group of people behind me, and I want to take an opportunity this morning to let them introduce themselves. Together, the six of us work at planning the chapel services. So, worship assistants, if you'd introduce yourselves. My name is Bobby Schweitzer. I am a senior biochemistry and peace, justice, conflict studies double major. I'm Drea Mast. I'm a senior English major. I'm Karina Flores, and I am a sophomore just switched to broadcasting and communications. I'm Paul Zare, and I'm a junior theater and music double major. I'm Elisa Murray, and I'm a senior music education major. Um, and now we'll transition um, into the passing of the peace. As many of you know, we as a Goshen College community have recently started to begin our chapels with the passing of the peace. For those of you who are new, this is a time for you to get up and going along with our theme this year, encounter someone. This practice started when Andrea Moya, a recent grad, told us of her experience growing up in a congregation made up of Colombian refugees who had taken refuge in Ecuador. When they met for the war in their homeland of Colombia, passing the peace in their church in Ecuador was more than a superficial act. It was a statement of intent to do the hard work of loving those who had been enemies, those who thought very different from one another, those who had hurt each other. It was a commitment to value each other regardless of their history and their differences. So please join me in passing the peace. Please stand as, and join us as we sing Si Tuvieras Fe, and I play this cowbell.
please remain standing for the next song. Okay, if you could turn in your hymnals, your blue book, to number 150, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. passage this morning, Acts 16, 11 through 15. 
From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. Our speaker for today is Bob Yoder, one of Goshen's campus pastors. He's starting his ninth year with campus ministries, um, and he works with the ministry leaders, the ministry inquiry program, and also teaches a first year ICC class. Um, this past May term, he led a group of students to Greece and Italy, exploring the journeys of the Apostle Paul. Aside from work, he is married to his wife, Pamela, and they have two children. He's excited to share with us today about our theme, Encuentro. Let's turn our attention to Bob Yoder, campus pastor. I wonder what was going through her mind as these strangers, these men, approached her and her friends. There they were gathered outside the city walls, praying to God, fellowshipping with one another, supporting each other. She was a woman of some social status and financial means, though maybe not to the degree as some other men in this city. I wonder what was going through his mind as he walked with several of his male traveling companions towards this group of women gathered by the stream. Would they find it bizarre to be approached by them? And by the way, where were the men? Did they worship somewhere else? Did they not worship God? Did they find it demeaning to be there at this place outside the city walls by the stream. I wonder what was initially going through the minds of Lydia and Paul as they encountered each other for the first time in this northern Greek city of Philippi. Not much is known about Lydia, but according to the writer of Acts, she was a worshiper of God, which is code word for a Gentile who believed in the God that the Jews had professed. She was a dealer in purple cloth, a business person, and was from Thyatira, which was a city in Asia Minor, which is in modern-day Turkey. Thyatira was known for its production of purple dye. So Lydia is a foreigner in this Greek city. So for some unknown reason, she moved to a different country and carried on as a merchant of purple cloth in this bustling capital city. There is more known about the other key figure in this encounter story. 
The Apostle Paul was a religiously devout Jew who encountered the resurrected Christ at some point in his life. This had a profound impact on his life, so much so that it altered his vocational direction. He now proclaimed Jesus as Lord and Christ and focused much of his energies on establishing Jesus-following gospel communities throughout the Mediterranean region particularly among the Gentiles, and particularly in large cities within the Roman Empire. So as Paul traveled throughout the Mediterranean and encountered many Gentiles, we have to remember that from a Jewish perspective, a Gentile is anybody who's not like me, anybody who's not a Jew. They're all Gentiles. So if you aren't a Jew, you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter if maybe you were a Turk, a Spaniard, an Egyptian, an Italian, a Greek, a Macedonian. If you weren't a Jew, you're a Gentile. And so Paul encountered many people from many different racial and ethnic and cultural groups in his travels across the Mediterranean. And unlike Jesus, who mostly focused his earthly ministry in northern Galilee among peasant, rural Jewish people, Paul spent most of his time in big, bustling cities, connecting with lots of people who were not like him, were not of the same faith tradition of him originally. And if you've ever spent time in a city, which many of you had, you know that there are people from all walks of life who do all kinds of things, who have all kinds of jobs. But it's also important to know that as Paul encountered people, he loved people. And as he encountered them, it was out of a posture of love and care and concern. Back to Lydia. There's an important attribute about her that the writer of Acts highlights. And it's an important part of the story, at least for me. She was a person of hospitality. Verse 15 says that she prevailed upon them to come back to her house. She convinced them, persuaded them to let her show hospitality to them, to lavish that among them. And at the end of chapter 16, after Paul and then one of his friends get thrown in jail for doing some stuff, they go back to Lydia's house for more hospitality before they go off and on their way. Lydia was a person of hospitality. If you've not picked up by now, our campus ministry's theme this year, Encuentro, Encounter. What is your posture when you encounter people? Are you one who prefers to stick to a few close friends or who actively gets out and meets as many people as you can? Are you a person who is guarded, letting only a few close people in? Or do you love the long, extended, and relish the life-swapping conversations that go on hours in the hallways? Do you thrive in new experiences and different cultures and meeting with people who are different than you? Or are you more reserved, slow and steady, and observant of what's going on around you? Do your encounters lead to new friendships, new appreciations, deeper understandings? Do they bring about a positive impact on you? in those around you and in the world around you. 
Let's return to the Lydia-Paul encounter. After this chapter in Acts, we don't know if Paul and Lydia ever met up again. We don't know how long Lydia lived in Philippi or if she returned back to her home in Thyatira. She's not mentioned again in Acts, even when Paul visits the city again later. Nor is she mentioned in any of Paul's other epistles that he sent to other churches, including the epistle of the Philippians. But we do know that a Jesus-following gospel community emerged in Philippi, and it thrived, and it grew. And at some point in Paul's life, he sent a letter to this congregation, to these believers. And from this letter, we can get some sense of what's going on there, some sense of their character, some sense of who they are. And we get a sense of the relationship between Paul and this community. The Philippian church proved to be of great personal support to Paul, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. In Paul's opening words to the letter, he says this, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with you in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. And when Paul went raising funds for the poor and the oppressed in the city of Jerusalem, the Philippians gave generously. Now, to be sure, Paul expressed thanks in other letters that he wrote to other churches, but to this church, he really laid it on pretty heavily and pretty thick. He calls them beloved at least five times throughout his letter. It's four short chapters, and he refers to them as beloved. It's as if you're reading a love letter between two people. In fact, you are. You're reading a love letter between Paul and this church. And again, demonstrates the nature of this relationship. And so when you read through the four short chapters of Philippians, and I encourage you to do so, you'll see that not all is right within this community. There's some squabbling going on, and he names a couple people and says, hey, help them work things out. But you will get the sense that this community is caring, warm, generous, kind. And though Lydia is not mentioned in this epistle, I wonder if her hospitable nature and character left its DNA imprint on this community as it grew and thrived. Lydia is celebrated by many as the first Christian convert in Europe, stemming from that encounter with Paul by the river outside the city walls. In the passage that Elisa read, Lydia and her whole household were baptized that day. So perhaps that initial encounter where she lavished hospitality on Paul and his companions continued to have rippling effects throughout that community and throughout the region as money from that community again found its way down to Jerusalem. The writer of Acts highlights that in that initial encounter between Paul and Lydia, the Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly. Lydia, this woman of hospitality, this worshiper of God, was also attentive to the ongoing work of God in her life, and in the spirit moving around her. Right now, I'd like for you to take 30 seconds
to recall a time in life when you had a similar kind of encounter, a God encounter, a life-impacting encounter. Maybe it happened in a conversation with someone or when you were out walking in nature or when you were singing with a group of people or when you experienced a new place. As you recall such a time, what was going on? What was the nature? What was the mood like? What was the aroma going on? Who was involved? Why do you still remember this encounter? So take 30 seconds to recall such an encounter in your life. I'd now like to tell you about four Goshen College students who intentionally positioned themselves for varying encounters this past summer. These students all participated in one of our three inquiry programs. Though 15 students this past summer courageously placed themselves and challenged themselves in these situations, I'm only going to share the stories of four of them because they're off on SST, and the other 11 will have opportunity to share of their stories later on in a chapel uh, later this semester. Elizabeth Durstein, the first student, worked at Rocky Mountain Mennonite Camp in Colorado. In reflecting on this summer, she said, Coming out of this summer, I have a strong sense of who I am and what makes me happy. This could seem like the impact of a highly individualized American experience. But in chatting with Elizabeth, she said that it was in through her encounters with the staff community there, with the campers, with the parents, where she experienced community in such a powerful way where she felt free to be herself and to better understand the values that she really wants for herself in life more than any other time. Trevor Emery worked at Amigo Center, a camp in southern Michigan this summer. Being on leadership staff this summer was a new endeavor for Trevor. He let me know that one of the lessons he learned was to not judge kids by their cover. Through his encounters with many different kinds of young campers, he said, I knew that some kids misbehave, but never thought much about why. I learned that every kid expresses their needs in different ways. What I used to think was bad behavior, I now look at them as crying out for help. I have more patience, understanding, and most importantly, empathy. Angeliki Santos served in a church in eastern Pennsylvania. She connected with all kinds of people, people who were homeless, people who had various mental illnesses, who had addictions. She shared uh, work with kids, work with refugees from Burma. She served in a soup kitchen, in a retirement home. She worked with just all kinds of people this summer. She said that one of the things I will remember the most about my internship is the need for knowing and caring for the underlying stories in everyone's life. I became much more aware of the passion and desire in me for serving and helping those in need, especially those without a voice and a place in our modern societies. And finally, Mariah Martin served in a church in Oregon. She too encountered a wide array of experiences and people. She said, this summer showed me that my calling into ministry is not something that I'm going to start someday in the future. My calling starts now. 
And this is beyond exciting. I have a more holistic approach to my faith and life, integrating my ministry into my daily encounters with others. This year is a new school year. It's a time when many of us have all kinds of expectations of what we want this year to bring. As a first year, this whole college thing is new and exciting, and so I expect to encounter much that is new and exciting. As a second year, I'm determined to learn from last year and strengthen my course of action, my plan for this year. As a junior or a senior, I might be challenged to soak up as much of this college time as I can because I'm starting to realize I don't have much time left here and there's something else beyond my college time. As each of you look forward to a new school year of upcoming encounters, what are you looking for? What will the result of your encounters be? Do you anticipate they will lead to new understandings, new friendships, new appreciations? Will they bring about a positive change in you and in those around you? For Paul and Lydia, I don't know that either of them could have fully imagined what would become of their initial encounter with each other by the stream outside the city walls. But my hunch is that each of them possessed some kind of vision or some kind of hope for the type of community that they would find life-giving and positively impactful for themselves, for those around them. I believe they had a sense of a gospel community, of a community that would be good news. We'd like to give each of you an opportunity this morning to reflect on the encounters you've already had here this school year, but also the ones that you anticipate. What do you hope comes out of them? What will make it significant? What might the rippling effect be that comes out of it? You're welcome to write a response to the question on the screen and then bring that paper forward and drop it up here in this globe. There'll be some music playing here in the background, so take a few minutes, consider what is one thing that I can do to help make encounters meaningful this school year. Okay, we'll draw our attention back. May the Holy Spirit, who has enabled encounters throughout history, be with us and uplift us and enable us. May God grant us the courage and humility to break barriers so that we can have genuine encounters this semester. Let us join together in singing a song that talks about Christ's model of bringing people together. Hymn 306 in your blue hymnals. In Christ there is no east or west. We'll sing verses one, two, and four. Please stand.
please join me in a benediction. May the grace of Christ that daily renews our lives and the love of God that enables us to love all persons and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that unites us as one body make us keen to discern and prompt to obey the complete will of God until we meet again through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go in peace.